0: welcome to sprinkle with hope podcast this is your host jason and we have an awesome guest with us as always but today we have scott page with us and you know if you don't know who scott page is he played with pink floyd toto super tramp he's like been in all kinds of music and stuff but but really we talked a little bit about his music but mostly it was just it was an awesome episode yeah he
1: was such a great uh discussion it was just amazing he has such great insight we really hope you tune into this he has a lot of great things to talk about and really this is one you do not want to miss so buckle up and let's go
0: welcome to the sprinkled with hope podcast Welcome to Sprinkle with Hope Podcast. This is your host, Jason, and today we have awesome guest with us, Scott Page. We are so excited you joined us. Thank you, Scott. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Yes, Scott. Yeah. Wahoo from Scott.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Scott. We really appreciate your time.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I'm I'm actually very happy to be here. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So why don't you go ahead, Scott, and maybe introduce yourself to those that maybe don't know you or um have heard you a little bit you can give your backstory and kind of wow. fill us in or fill our audience in
2: and okay well um you know i come out of the music i grew up in a musical family i'll, I'll start back i'll do the real quick kind of version of it yeah there you go grew up yeah. in, a, in a musical family <laughs> my father was uh, on a television show called the lawrence welk show when i was a kid uh, so I grew up around television for 15 years. He was in that. So I saw the early days of TV. One of my biggest claim to is I'm the only guy that ever played in Lawrence Welk and Pink Floyd, probably the only person in the entire world that's ever done that. And those that know uh, Lawrence Welk, it's a pretty interesting kind of a, uh, a shift there. But yeah, I grew up in that. My father, um, I, I really, I started out to be a, an architect. I wanted to be an architect. So I started out as a draftsman and design and all of that. Um, but I kept playing. I was a trumpet player when I was a kid just to, um, uh, my dad wanted me to keep playing. So I kind of did. I didn't really care much about music at the time. Uh, later on, I got in a band with, uh, Jeff Beccaro and David Page from Toto. They were the rig- they started awesome. Toto later on. This was prior when we were kids. Um, I realized that we were uh, playing with that band. I was the worst guy, I was the second trumpet player in the band. But I, I realized I'd be going to these gigs, we winning all these battle of the bands because the band was really good. Uh, and there were a lot of girls in the front row. So I said, <laughs> you know what? I don't think I want to be a draftsman anymore. I think I'm going to be a musician. Uh, so I kind of switched good my choice. I switched that whole thing. And so uh, as I was actually uh, in college, I was trying to figure out, I didn't play very good because I didn't really study when I was a kid much. So I decided to start taking it up took it up pretty heavily. I became a draftsman i mean a, a music copyist because I was a good I had good penman skills and because of drafting because in, in those days when we did drafting in architecture you asked to use a pencil and a piece of paper <laughs> and a ruler right so it was totally different we had no computers so um, I, my skills were pretty good there so I took up. Music copying, Uh, from that I was copying for a guy named H.B. Barnum and a bunch of different composers. And the music copying is basically the composer would write the score call me up at two o'clock in the morning, say the sessions at 10, you got to copy these parts. I'd run over to his house. He'd hand me this big score of paper with the first trumpet, the second trumpet, the third trumpet, you know, violins, whatever that is. I'd stay up all night drinking tons of coffee, writing out all the parts, run to the session the next day, hand them the stuff. And that's what I did for a while while I was trying to study through that studying, I studied composing and arranging uh, with a guy named Lyle Spud Murphy and graduated from a course called the equal interval system. Uh, so I really got into that whole thing. And then my, as I was growing up through my whole period of time, my father was a serial entrepreneur. We had boat businesses, lighting businesses, candy businesses. Uh, he was actually one of the first guys who co-invented the Wawa pedal, you know, the famous music Wawa pedal. Yeah. Guy. Yeah, And then he uh, had Sound City, the studio was his studio, which that movie came out of Dave Grohl's. So I grew up around that. So I've been around the music and entrepreneurial side of things. And then, so I really got into the music side of stuff, got lucky, um, my kind of first major band was playing with Seals and Crofts, Back in the day, doing Summer Breeze and stuff during their oh, heyday. Yeah. And then I moved on, played with a lot of different bands. You know, I was in Mick Fleetwood Zoo. So I played with Mick Fleetwood. Then I got in Super Tramp. I got that gig <laughs> and I played Super Tramp. From that, um, during a session, we were doing an album with Super Tramp. Dave Gilmore came along uh, to put a solo on the Super Tramp record. We hung out that night at a club gig I was playing. He came down and hung out. A week later, I had another event. He ended up showing up at that, and then uh, a day later, he called me up and said, "Hey, you want to put a solo on the uh, uh, on the wanted me to put a solo on the Pink Floyd record." So I went and played on the Pink Floyd record, and it was funny because I really knew nothing about Pink Floyd at the time. <laughs> I had nothing. I knew I heard the name, but I really knew nothing about the band. Uh, about after I went in, uh, did the solo, they loved it and everything, and I left. And it was like for me doing a session, just you know, kind of would do sessions for bands. Uh, then I got a call, the phone rings I pick it up. It's English guy, it's Dave Gilmore. And he said, Hey, you want to join Pink Floyd? We were getting ready to go out and do this whole tour and everything. And I it was two years on the road. And I said, let me think about it, Dave. And so I called up my friends. I said, I, you know, I played on this Pink Floyd record and this guy called me up, Dave Gilmore, he's the guitar player. And they said, Oh yeah, we know who Dave is. And they want me to join the band and go out on this tour for the next two years and everything. And I said, I well, should I do it? And they're like, you, you gotta do that. If you don't do that. <laughs> Uh, you're crazy. So that night I went to Tower Records, <laughs> bought a bunch of Pink Floyd records, came home, listened to them, said, okay, going to do that. So glad I did. So, you know, that was one of major turning point for me uh, as far as my music career. But, you know, I played with a lot of different bands, different things through the years. Uh, so I'm a musician. But then because I think of my dad from an entrepreneurial point of view, I got very much into business. Mm. So I'm on my fourth startup now. Um, I've been very fortunate. Wow. I love business. Um, I took one of the companies public. We were a NASDAQ company, a company called Seventh Level. And there I did probably one of my favorite, my, my I guess my most proud, one of the most proud things I've ever done is uh, I was, uh, I kind of produced and co-directed the world's first interactive cartoon. And that was back in the day in technology when we were, you know, it was Windows machines with, um, you know, 386, yeah. 25 megahertz machines back in the day, which were with four mega RAM, very small. I mean, this thing here is like, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is serious compared to what we had to work with then. But, you know, we developed all these things and I produced this cartoon thing it was called Toonland. start Howie Mandel. Uh, We had 11 million units of that got sold. That was a big deal for the company at the time. And um, so then I've basically been a serial entrepreneur, started three, four other companies. I have a new company called Think Experience right now, which is an immersive entertainment company. Uh, So I've been an entrepreneur, musician guy. And there you go. I gave you my entire life story there. Five ten Five, 10 (laughs) minutes. There you go.
1: You are a busy man. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. <laughs> so, so do you keep up the
2: the music oh yeah i mean that's big reason why i started think was as i realized at this time you know i was all my companies beforehand have really been tech companies and they've been around entertainment but i wasn't playing as much and then i got in i said you know what i just not playing as much as I want to. And I just got music fever again. I said, you know, I'm going to start a business where I can play and do the business at the same time. And that's when I started Mm -hmm. think and think is a, it's really focused on this immersive entertainment space. Um, You know, we can't really, you can't really sell music anymore. There's no place to sell music. And so I really started thinking about, you know, tech, how involved being a, you know, pretty, pretty serious in the tech space you know that's where I've lived for pretty much for the last 25 30 years almost focused in the tech area so I'm one of those guys that can talk tech and talk entertainment so I kind of blend the two together because they're like oil and water yeah I mean they just do not mix you know (laughs) I mean you know it's like musicians and artists they always want to go you know let's try this you know they put their thumb up and you throw something "Ah, that doesn't work and do it Tech guys and code writing guys hate that. They want to know: is it on or is it off? Yes or no. They want everything because it's not black. It's, it's black, has to be black and white in that world. Yeah, it's either yes or no. It's not a. There's no in between. No, maybe. Although quantum computing is now moving into the maybe realm, realm. But uh, so, um, you know, so think is really uh, based on that. So we're real been focused. We did 40 shows before this all this COVID stuff that went down uh, in a 360 degree immersive dome. Sold those all out. I got a killer band. Uh, uh, Think Experience is the company. Think X is the band. And it's Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction. I'm one of the great drummers of all time. Uh, Norwood Fisher from Fishbone, bass player extraordinaire. (laughs) Kenny Olson from Kid Rock's band. And he took over Hendrix's place when Hendrix passed and played in the Hendrix band with the original guys for years. Uh, monster guitar player and then this kid named Derek Day who we call the art bird he keeps us all young I mean he's just incredible you know just it's such a, a, a you know a, a fearless music artist like I've never seen before and then Will Champlin um from you know you probably uh he was the one of the runner-ups on The Voice great singer oh great musician, incredible player. And uh, so we've been doing that. So I've been combining the music and entertainment kind of thing. So we're playing and then I'm building this company out and we're uh, now getting ready to launch a live live, which is our new model for where are we going now because of all this COVID stuff, the shutdown and everything. And so it's really a combination, I believe of a live event, but for a kind of a premium, uh, smaller crowds where, you know, it's going to be a while before we get into big stadium crowds, Uh, smaller crowd, uh, then tying streaming, but really focusing on the two-way streaming aspects of it, the interactive elements, Um, because most anybody can stream out, but it's that two-way piece where we can now start bringing what we call fan in stream. We can start bringing the fans into the actual streams of being part of the shows with us. Uh, And then the third component is really the, concept that's like right now we're we're doing this real time kind of chat back and forth but i can't hand you anything right but I got delivery services all day long now that can bring you something, right? So we're building a whole show concept around a delivery Ooh. box that shows up at your house prior to the shows. It has a whole experience built into it that we then tie our live show into. And then they buy premium tickets into the live stream and they get to actually be part of the show. And then we have like the after show is on a specific kind of a platform, which allows like, it's almost like moving around in a video space in uh uh, at a cocktail party. I can go from table to table. So you can imagine, you know, we're hanging out, you and your five buddies, because when you come to our show, I can only have, you know, maybe a hundred people that can come to my show, but you can bring five of your friends virtually. And Mm -hmm. so we have all the room is completely Mm -hmm. surrounded with the audience being brought in virtually. They're all part of the show. And, uh, it's a really cool experience awesome. because you know it's very interesting you know when they do these live shows and there's nobody in the room it's like dead so we just did the first experiment we brought and filled the room we put eighteen eighty inch monitors around the band we bought 300 people in brought them into the screens we played tunes we communicated we talked I had people in italy people and things and it was very it was very rewarding because it almost puts everybody in the front row
0: mm, right yeah you know, it's
2: like now I'm seeing people where usually when I'm on a stage or something, when there's a big audience, I can see the first couple rows. And then the faces just kind of go away. And it's just a, like a carpet here. It's like 300 people are like, Doom, they're all the same size <laughs> or the same thing. And they're, you know, five, seven feet away from you. So it's a, it was trippy, but it's, it's actually pretty cool. So I'm actually very excited about what's going on in entertainment now in this space. Cause I think it's forcing new, uh, new new innovation to happen right now there's a lot of that yeah. this whole covid and shutting down things just basically took technology and squished 5 years into 6 months yeah we're we're where we mm-hmm. knew we were going in tech we always knew that you know we had zoom calls we had this type of communications but this forced everybody into the the fact that you know you now you're seeing people sitting around it like I'll be outside going to water my yard or whatever hanging out in the back and I got four of my friends on on a FaceTime and we're like hanging out one of them's cooking and stuff. And it's, it's almost like you're there. Right. I mean, right. It's, you know, we're there. Yeah. And then by the way, I can hang up on, you now. I don't have to go and I don't have to drive and <laughs> you know, it's all good. So um, that behavior I think is really uh, going to be ingrained. And I even think when we get to the place where we're going to be able to have large audiences again, I think that you're still going to have a virtual audience will be tied into it at all times because there's, you know, if I go to the club and I can't, you can't come and I can say, I'll, I'll take you with me. Boom. You come and you're up on the screens. I can see you. We can hang and talk. And it's all part of the event. I think that's going to be entailed. And plus, you know, this, I think from a revenue model, from a business model, there's a lot to be said about that because you get to build that relationship with the audience, which is different. Right. And that starts leaving all kinds of opportunities for commerce. So, you know, things that you things that you can use in the show that are things that you can buy. If you like what you're using it and you can test things and samples. So it allows for sponsors to bring products, but it really, it's all about relationships and we're now moving into hives, right? So it's what I say, if you want to survive, you have to build a hive because the revenue will be coming from the smaller audiences. I mean, we used to be, interested right. get out large to try to find those few percent of the people, but now we know because we have also accessed all the data, which is something we didn't have before, but we have the data now, uh, we can see that the, 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 the revenue, most of the revenue comes from, you know, 60% of your revenue will come from two to 3% of your audience. It's your super fan thing. So if I can identify those folks, find them, service them, that's where a bigger choice of my revenue. And it's really, our whole model is really based on the idea of, um, you know, the thousand true fans. And that was coined by Kevin Kelly, you know, probably 10 years ago when all this stuff was starting to come around and we were, you could project ahead and see, but it was the ideas of a true fan is somebody that will spend $100 a year on you. And if I have 1000 of those, not 10 million, 1000, my first hundred thousand dollars in revenue. Right? So mm. from a revenue model, it's really about going small, Finding that that super fan, building a repeatable model around that that group of people and and building your business. And so it's the premium service kind of business. So I'm very excited. I think this is the greatest time in history for the independent artist.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That that really yeah,
1: I, I think that's such a great idea.
0: Yeah.
2: Wow, thanks. You know, to pull a and like it's something that. you guys should think about too. Remember, you can do yeah. the same, same thing. You could have called me up. You could have had something knowing I'm coming on. You could have shipped me something. I could have opened it up. It could have been your sponsors, and we're checking out the new sponsor drink together. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. what happens is yep. the sponsor likes that. <laughs> you like that. I got something to make the experience because the only way you're going to make money in this business anymore is, is a couple. I mean, the only place that you, only things you can really sell is to the relationship and the experience. Right. Uh, you can't sell the music, can't sell that. And, uh, and, uh, the, uh, 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 you know, again, it's the experience and the relationship,
0: right? And right so it's
2: that yeah. value proposition. So it's like, how can I bring something different? And I think that because of this kind of COVID thing and people are now getting used to staying home, I think they're going to have trusted source. They'll bring their family friends over for Friday right. night. And, you know, it's like going to the super, you know, having a super bowl party or a, Um, you know, that type of event. And that's the kind of thing we're trying to build. It's like, hey, Friday night, man, we're going to watch live and we're going to go. We've got freaking red hot chili peppers. We're doing this thing and we got all this stuff that's going to go down and this box shows up and I got cool things that I can do with my friends and we can all interact and kind of turn it into something unique. So that's that's the model I think is going to be a winning combination moving forward.
0: No, it's really a great idea. I mean, you're right. I mean, you do have to change and we, you know, in this changing world, we got to adapt and So there you go. I mean, there's, you know, adaptation, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, remember, this is the thing people have to understand. And I always say this because I put this in every time I talk, because I think this is so important for people to understand. The only thing that is real is you and me talking now. Everything else is an illusion. Two minutes ago, gone. Yeah. Two minutes from now. I don't know. Right. Right? It's all. So the only thing that matters is this step we're taking right now. So Hmm. if we try to remember the past and we're like trying to hang on all this stuff, then we can suffer like crazy because it drives us mentally nuts. (laughs) So it's really about surrendering to what is. And so that's my model. I mean, we were going to have the biggest year for Think this year. This was going to be our second year because we did our first year of all trial. But this was going to be we had we were going to play gigs. We had a jazz fest set up in New Orleans. We were working on Europe, Budapest. We had all kinds of things. We were putting up this 1600 seat uh, with partners uh, in immersive uh, theater in uh, up by the Queen Mary in Los Angeles. And the whole thing crashed. Right. It was like it was like somebody flipped the switch off it was done. Yeah, I got up. I said, you know what? It's the same thing. Just move forward and try to figure out what we're going to do next. Yeah. Right. That's the really, the, that's the deal.
1: I love that idea that we live right in the now, right, right this moment. This I is think really it's real. Yeah, exactly. So anything
2: else is futile. I mean, people, you, you live in past and future, you suffer. Yeah, you know, I, you know, again, I meant for me, it's like, you know, the most important things I took a heavy spiritual path about 15 years ago, and it's the best, most important thing you could ever do. And it's, I'm not saying it's a religious path. It's really about like, who am I and what, how does this all work? Right. What is this all right. about? And when you start taking Connecting that inward journey, yourself, you start right? to realize that everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. Uh, it's, you know, uh, it's all about presence. That's what they always talk about is the fact that, you know, people suffer they could be sitting here suffering. Oh, my God, what's going on like this? And then you stop and you go, where, 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 where am I? Stop. I'm sitting in a chair. I have a glass of wine with ice in it. <laughs> and I'm sitting here. No lions are chasing me. Right. Everything's okay, right? So all that, anytime you're suffering and you have anxiety, tension, or fear, it's because you're usually identified with a thought, right? So that's yeah. why I tell the people, man, when they get all anxious, just try to stop and ask yourself, where are you right now? And just ask this question, am I feeling any anxiety, tension, or fear? If I am, if I'm sitting here and everything is okay, then it's because I'm identifying with a thought, an illusion, Yeah. Remember, something It's just, I can't change, I can't do anything. So then it's like, wake up. I don't need to get caught. But we are like hamsters in this wheel. And this thing, man, is like, (laughs) yeah, by the way, have you guys seen Social (laughs) Dilemma yet? No, but I've heard a lot about it. Everybody, everybody watching this, hearing this, please do yourself and your family. And if you have kids, you must watch Social Dilemma. And the reason is, is it's really what it, you know, the whole story is basically a handful of these major tech guys that were responsible in Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. I mean, all these guys that have built these platforms at the highest level are all calling, look out, we're, we're getting, and you're seeing what's happening to society right now. Everybody's pitting each other over because the algorithms are feeding people things in their head and they're only getting certain parts of the news and, so the machine is yeah. basically taking over. I actually believe that we are merging with machine now. Yeah, this thing yeah. isn't embedded in us yet, but we it's, you got it with you. It goes to bed with you. You change it. You're looking yeah. at it. It's talking to you. It's pinging you. It's notification. It's constantly there, which kind of getting into that point. And I think humans are designing themselves out. And that's another conversation. But the good news is it doesn't really matter because consciousness just unfolds. It's been doing it for billions of years and it's gonna keep on doing it for billions of years right there's no problem the universe is fine so when i hear people say oh we got to save the planet the planet is fine humans now that might be a different (laughs) story they may not make it right because they're a little insane because of this (laughs) egoic insanity of the human condition you know so it's gonna be interesting so it's actually fun to watch all this go down and seeing how wacky humans are Yeah. So there you go. I'll mind my little speech. I, cause I just think I love it. need to, it's really about waking up and I'm not talking about woke. I'm talking about waking up and that waking yeah. up is a different thing. That's really when you, you know, you stop and you smell the rose. You're, you're aware, you basically become aware of where you are, what you're doing. And you just start to realize that all that other stuff is it. And as you start to become more aware, you realize you're starting to watch and you're then you're starting to watch your thinking. And then you go, who's watching? Right. Is there two of me?
0: Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Is there two of me is like one's thinking and one's watching. What's that? And that's when the things start to get interesting because you start to realize that you're not the thinker, you're actually the watcher. And when you become the watcher, you start not suffering anymore because you don't let any, these things make you crazy because it's insane. You know, I got a friend who's, he got a new car and the next day his car got hit, right? He, somebody backed into his car. That guy suffered for a month. I never see suffers so much over this dang car i said dude it was hit it's done done. you can't change that you can't do anything so the only one that's suffering is you because the car you're going to take it in you got it fixed it's okay you move on but just you can suffer because of this mental wheel in your head this thoughts can just make you completely crazy yeah
0: yeah it kind of reminds me of a book i'm reading right now called the untethered soul and that's that's essentially the 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 thought of it right is that you know these thoughts tend to kind of like control you almost and you just have to step back and just think oh that's myself thinking and there it goes and off it goes and well, see just, that's it yeah
2: and remember all spiritual teachings all meditations everything point to the same thing and it's really that space what they call no mind and the mind is mean is where you you're not thinking right you don't stop thinking it's very difficult because it's like people say how do i stop thought and I can actually say it took me many years, but I finally cracked the code on that, and I can stop thinking at any time, which is crazy because as soon as you do that, that's reality. Yeah. Because you merge basically with the source at that point because you just realize all that the suffering is because of the things that are in your head. Nothing to be what's real. I mean, it's not real. You may think it's real, but reality is just us talking right now because you can't change anything else.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: You know, do is right. change people will realize there's only one moment in time in your whole life. It's always the same moment. There's not two moments. How could there be two moments? I'm here. I move over here. The moment hasn't changed. It's the same moment. I walk in my car the moment I'm always in the moment. It's one moment. It deepens, but it's always the same moment. Yeah. So when you start to grasp these things and you start to flip that switch from becoming the thinker, because that's what most people are to the watcher because here's another very important point. The mind is incapable of knowing truth from falsehood. It doesn't know right or wrong. Your mind can't make that decision. Easy to prove. If the mind was was capable of knowing right from wrong, truth from falsehood, there'd be no war. Nobody would kill anybody if if there's no reason to go to war. That's insanity, right? That's the insanity of the egoic mind being driven by thoughts and things. I mean, you got guys blowing up their kids in the name of some, you know god of some sort and it's like that's insanity where we're taking over and that's the problem we're seeing right now because the mind is incapable so people are getting this bing 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 all day long these algorithms are feeding them what they want and controlling and that's why you got to go watch social dilemma don't miss (laughs) it because you'll start to see how this works it's really important that everybody realizes when every time they open up their phone and they start doing anything any social media what's actually what's really going down because the, uh, the bottom line is whatever you don't pay for, you're the product. So yep. you are the product of this thing and you need to understand it. And more importantly for the kids, because yep. I'm, I'm seeing parents getting their kids, eight, nine years old, handing them cell phones and stuff. And it's just the it's just going to be like, you know, I, I, with my friend and his two kids are in the back seat and they don't talk. They text each other back and forth Yeah. In the back. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, whoa, where are we going, folks? So this is a very <laughs> fundamental shift in the way society is going to move forward. And it's going to be interesting to see. I'm I'm glad I'll be around for at least some of it, because <laughs> it's fascinating to me. This is a fundamental shift. I mean, what we're doing right now, this is one of those amazing moments in history that will you know, they'll talk about forever, because it's a, this is defining the the way our country operates and you know all these things so it's interesting time yeah.
1: yeah you've had some awesome insight i really really thought it's been great um so we have we've jason and i have come up with um some two questions and we call it the double double down, down dose. dose the double down dose all right here we go oh yeah so here we go scott scared scared you ready yeah yeah <laughs> So our, our podcast is called Sprinkle with Hope. So hope, of course, is really important to us. How would you define hope?
2: Well, first of all, for me, and this may sound strange, hope is kind of a negative word in, in, the, in the spiritual sense. It's a great word. Don't get me wrong. I, I think it works. But when you, when you really look at it, if I'm hoping for something, that's like when I really kind of have it all. I don't really need to hope for anything. Now that's nice. So, but I would define, I, I guess, hope in a way, uh, it, it, it hope is a great way to start moving you into a positive direction, right? Because that's what we need to do. Because remember, this mind thing will make us crazy. And hope has to do because we're trying to change something that we didn't kind of have, right? And really mm-hmm. the goal is, is to surrender Mm. to what is just surrender to the point and let things happen as they're going to happen and not get, take them too seriously. So I think hope is good in the sense that it does help people. It gives them something to strive. But what happens is, is sometimes what happens is when you have something you're hoping for and it doesn't happen, it makes you crazy. Mm. So that goes back to thinking of what, you know, the Buddhist kind of things is you know, they always say be careful about putting putting too much into the future, right? A goal, because if that goal doesn't happen, well, I suffer. It's great to put goals, it's great to have hope and that hope, but not attach yourself to the outcome. Mm. If you do, and it doesn't go the way you want, I hope I'm going to have a, yeah, you know, I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars this next year. Oh, I only made 25. All right. Oh, hope didn't work. It's but, but it's good to give you drive. So just be careful of it. It's good to have hope, but it's also good to realize that we're every, if you're getting up and you've got things around you, you'd be surprised how much value, because I mean, there are people that have hardly anything that are living the happiest lives on this planet. They have nothing comparatively. They live in a hut. They're there and yet they're happy. Why is that? Is because they're not identifying or trying to be something and making that thing so important with my self-esteem, who I really am. Right. I've got to show that I have this. So if I hope I'm going to get there. So hope is a wonderful thing because it's, it's good. But I would just say, Be careful of having it be something that, if things don't work out the way you are, does it take and tear you down even farther?
0: Yeah, Yeah. I like that. I like that. Explain
2: that. I've always looked at that word as, and it's so funny because it's like hope. You know, and I'm like, (laughs) let it all go. There's, we're okay now. Don't get me wrong. There's, it's. Probably, I'm sure it's easier for me to probably say that because I'm sitting here and I've been able to do okay and I get it. But as the more I learn and the more I understand, the more I study and the more I see, it's just amazing. Why is it somebody that has nothing comparative to anybody else is happy as can possibly? So hope is not necessarily happiness. And you don't have to be happy. You just got to be, just accept, right? Right. I'm not happy. There's a lot of things I'm not happy with, but I don't let them take me over anymore.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Right. when it takes you over, that's when you're identifying with some this game that you're playing in your head, right? So that's that's what I would say. Uh, I, you know, get let's get beyond hope and actually just surrender and, and accept, right? Yeah, okay. awesome. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's a little, yeah. Yeah, you know, it feel it funny does. saying that at times because people think, oh, well, horrible. <laughs> hope is such a positive thing, and for me, it's actually you kind know, of like a little, it's a little interesting because it has a double-edged sword to it.
0: So the so the second part of this uh, double down dough, Scott, that we like to talk about is what how would you define love? We like to talk about love and spreading love and and that kind of thing. So what would you say about love? What does that mean to you?
2: Love to me is. Well, first of all, it is that that's why I love the the, uh, love taking a spiritual look at things, because that's the basis of it all. Right. And it's really forgiveness. So love to Mm -hmm. me, in a sense, is when it comes to certain things, has to do with forgiveness and surrender. And love is obviously you would get attracted to somebody, but then that love can start to turn funny because your mental noise starts going on. So love is really um, uh, just a total acceptance of what is, and realizing that everybody does the best they can. And loving everybody is the sense that you're, 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 it's the more you give, The more you get right so it's a based on giving and it's basically that connection that happens when everything else drops away and you basically connect with somebody right in that sense of love so love is really a form of, of 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 accepting everybody and realizing everybody and everything is happening exactly the way it's supposed to happen otherwise it wouldn't have happened and is that fact that when you surrender and you let go and you forgive, you then be, you see love at a, at a totally different manner. Because then you don't have any, you don't, you're not like looking at somebody and saying, "Oh, that horrible person," right? right. Because that's what we're doing. It's it's that that thing. Because again, even even for me, it's like, you know. Uh, this is really strange to say, and I know people can't, but this is what I feel is, you know, even with this whole George Floyd thing, which was the most disgusting and horrible thing to see another human do that, I feel really sad for the guy that did it, because he everything around him and all those things are destroyed, and it was insanity, and he, he we could say he could do better, but he, he would have done better if he could have, mm-hmm. but he didn't, so you have to forgive him too. Just like everybody else, you have to forgive. So forgiveness and stuff is really where love comes. And you know, I think one of the things that we're seeing more today is, again, this insanity of the mind and thoughts and stuff is what I call hate in the name of love. Mm. I believe so much in love, and I'm so caring, and I love this and be kindness and all of this. And then they'll turn around and say something, especially about the president or something that just makes you go, my God, I've never heard such hate in my life. Right. And that's because people yeah. can't. So love is really about just accepting everybody for what they are, what it is and and in realizing we're just all here. I blink. I'll be 50. I blink. I'll be on my deathbed that fast. Time is a complete illusion. So love is really accepting in everything as is. And then you're just so much more peaceful. And inner peace is you know, the goal of life. You're, you figure out inner peace, you're, you're Bill Gates. You <laughs> know, you won the lottery. Yeah. You're just like, you just you you better. You've won, right? Because you're not letting life run you in a way. You, life becomes much more playful. So, love is really forgiveness and kindness and surrender to to what is, and and just knowing that everything and everything is there. And again, it's the more aware you become, the more you look around, and you're aware of where you are and where all, all your presence. You're just amazed by the vastness of, the, there's so much love and peace that's in there. When you stare at the trees, they're living things. You look at your dog, your animal. I, somebody want a great spiritual, I go watch your dog for hours. They just sit there and they go like this.
0: Yeah, And <laughs> yeah. what is
2: it? He? He's so present. He's so aware that he's like not. When you get love is letting go. Right. And just realizing that we're all here and being we should all be thankful that we're we get a chance. So to me, that's what that's what love is.
0: I love that. I I love, you know, I love how you brought up forgiveness, because I I really I truly believe that. And and, uh, you know, I think when we do forgive, you know, we're setting ourselves free. Right. More than we are actually, you know, letting that other person.
2: It's not remember all every action, everything out there isn't about the other thing. It's all about you on yeah. how you react, yeah. how you deal with it, how you accept yeah. things, right? How you do it. Yeah. Because that's the lesson that you're trying to learn. You're trying to become more aware and realize that it's perfect. Everything is perfect. The universe is perfect the way it works. It's incredible. It's us taking ourselves out because of this egoic mind and, and consciousness in this fight between that the two. It's that Little voice, you know, funny for me is uh, uh, April 9th, 10, 12, 2011. I had an incredible moment. I woke up, rubbed my eyes, and I went, Holy crap, 50 something years went by. I blinked and it went by and it was like, How did that happen? And I realized at that moment, though, the voice that's been talking to me since I was five years old didn't age, didn't change, didn't get smarter, didn't ever. It's that same thing. Yeah. That's who I am on that right yep. it's really that's yeah. who you really are so once you start to realize that you know who you really are that's the game and you know it's funny it's like this thing of death this is dang meat suit i don't think you die i think this conscious thing just continues on and the meat suit goes away right so once you take a, this different path you start to look at you get less about you fear goes away right because there's nothing yeah. to fear there's really no nothing to fear Yep. I'm actually a little curious about the other side, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not, like, I'm not worried about it. You know, if it's time, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm there. Cause I just don't think it, I think this is a, I think we could be in hell right now. Maybe it's the other way around, right? Maybe the, we, we go to someplace else. Right. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Scott,
1: you have had some amazing insight. I have really enjoyed our discussion. Oh. I think, you know, I I love what you've said, and I think certainly when I listen back to this, I'll, I'll take a lot more in than as I'm more attentive. And I, I I just have really enjoyed talking with you. We really appreciate your time. And oh my, thank you uh, very very
2: much. Very happy to be here. Yeah. Always love to talk that. <laughs> see consciousness and that whole thing is my favorite subject on the planet. <laughs> so I will talk about that all day long because I think that's the only yep. that's the only that's the only conversation that's important. All yeah. the rest of this stuff yeah. is all great, but it's really, <laughs> it's really about how you feel, how you view the world. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's incredible. So, but here's the one. So yeah. oh, everything is about awareness, right? But here's the puzzle for everybody. How do I know I'm aware that I'm aware? That's what you have to figure out because your mind will tell you you're aware, but you may not be, you mm-hmm. may not be fooling you. So the, that's the, that's the <laughs> puzzle because once you t- hit that, Man, dude, life's a whole different game. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. You, no more suffering about stuff. You don't worry about things because you know it's fine. You just walk around. I mean, I constantly feel like now when I walk, I take a step, the past just goes away. I don't care about the past, future. Yeah, it's gone.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, all, <laughs> it's all
2: doesn't matter all i need to do is make sure we're having a good time right now that's right i'm having a good time with you guys <laughs> right. so i'm happy
1: yeah yeah we 25 are 25
2: minutes or whatever we've been on uh, talking so all right so
1: before we let you go um how is there a way that you want to um, let our listeners know how to get a hold of you and you know how they sure. can find you
2: yeah absolutely every all my social media is i am scott page i am scott page all of them are the same. And then if, um, okay. if you want to find out about Think, Think EXP, just type, you know, Google Think Experience, and then it'll bring up all the stuff. You can see some of our dome shows here, the band, hear what we're doing. You'll find out what we're doing, you know, on the immersive entertainment side. And I do want to tell everybody, if you're in the, if you happen to be in the um, uh, uh, San Antonio on November 1st, we're doing a whoops we're doing a san antonio we're doing a uh one of those drive-in shows with the think band oh yeah uh uh, we're doing two shows on november 1st outside and what's cool is we're doing it for uh the uh uh the the local food bank and also the homeless shelters there so people are going to we want people to bring food we want them to bring they can pay put money down bring food bring blankets we're going to try to help the community as much as we can there's seven nights of shows that are going on we're playing the last night uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's I gosh, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, it's the, uh, uh, festival at Freeman Coliseum. I wish I had the information from me, I'd give it to you, but you can look it up or you can just hit me up anytime I talk to people. So if you call, hit me up on, you know, Instagram or Twitter awesome, or something, I'll talk to you.
0: Awesome. Love it. Scott. That is so great. That is great. I love that you're going to give back too, right? Like in helping, do. helping this, this situation that we're in and and what better way to do that than well
2: it's not even giving thing. back anymore buddy this is we're past that with this lockdown and what we're about to see going into next yeah, year you're we have right. to give forward yeah. i think we have to encourage yeah. everybody to give forward because we're going to need to help our fellow man i mean there's just no way around it yeah. we're going to have a lot of things a lot oh, of problems need to be solved but- you know, we got a lot of innovation. There's a very bunch of smart people. There's a bunch of kind people. And so we just need to rally everybody and get through it. It's yeah, part of what absolutely. It's the cards were all dealt, right? It's just yep. what's dealt. Yep.
0: Well, thank you, Scott, so much for yes. uh, coming Scott, on with thank us. Thank you again
1: so
2: much. Yeah. My pleasure, guys. Thank you.
0: Peace, wonderful. everybody.
2: And don't live in fear. We're going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> See you. Bye. <laughs>
1: This is Sprinkled with Hope. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend.
0: If you like our podcast, please give us a review or rating.